0: You're listening to the mix on Civ Mix, hosted by Liz Benjamin and Joe Bonia.
1: Hey Civ Mixers, we decided that we would try something new while we were all remotely social distancing. I know that a lot of you are out there reading, and I appreciate that. And we miss our interaction just day-to-day, being with people. People exist in a squatting group. It's like the base of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And we are not seeing one another, which is difficult. So we thought we would reach out and see if we could start up a conversation, hopefully getting some input and insight from how people are living out there and handling this and making do. The human mind is really amazing. We are so ingenious. And I know that people are doing all sorts of amazing things, helping each other, trying to stay afloat, And we want to have a talk about that, really, and just hear from you and bring you voices of people in the community. Um, I should probably take this opportunity to introduce myself. I am the reporter formerly known as Liz Benjamin, now private citizen Benjamin. And I did not make that necessarily mean to make that particular private Benjamin joke. You will only understand if you are older than, say, 40. And with me remotely, virtually, I cannot see him, but I can hear his dulcet tones, is my good friend, Joe Vanilla. Joe. Hey,
0: hey, what's up, Liz?
1: Yeah. So, why don't you let the folks know who you are, just in case people don't know? Well, I,
0: I'll first say that I'm under the age of 40 and I still know the private Benjamin reference. You do? Of course.
1: That's pathetic. You watch way too much TV in the middle of the night. You know, uh,
0: Goldie Hawn. I mean, that movie actually just turned 40 years old this year too.
1: Oh my God, you kill me. I'm so old. old. You know, I think that we tried to create something with CivMix and we're doing a pretty good job. I know there's a lot of lurkers out there. I wish there were more people who were voicing their opinions, but I know everybody's got a I mean, lot going there's on.
0: There's lurkers, there's day walkers. They both go on CFMEX. They look at uh, what we have and of course the voices that we're sharing every day.
1: Yeah, I am hearing from a lot of people about, look, it's scary, you know, angst. I'm hearing a lot of angst, but I'm also hearing a lot of encouragement. I was just out at Capitol Hills at the golf course where I mm-hmm. go to take my dog and I run into people. We all give each other a very wide birth while the dogs jump all over one another because there is no such thing as doggy social distancing (laughs) and um people are you know they're making do uh, and they're hurting certainly from from a business standpoint i know in particular the sector that you focus on you got a lot of folks in the hospitality industry
0: well it's it's amazing just in the last i mean when you think about the beginning of where we were in march to where we are now and all the different changes societally in terms of business and people's uh, ability to, to make money, as you mentioned, you know, Liz, that you know we have a lot of clients that work in the service and hospitality industries. Um, and it's it's really one of those things where within a couple of weeks, uh, we have said some have gone totally belly up, some that have laid off their staff, some that are making do with the changes in terms of the definition of essential with takeout service and, of course, being able to take that cocktail to go. But it's just been absolute chaos in that way. But uh, it does give you some affirmation and humanity, given you have a lot of efforts to at least help these different workers, um, but also just, you know, recognizing that maybe we as a society were a little sick and, you know, now it's time to actually take care of things at home. So there's a lot of things there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it was probably disappointing, although certainly not unexpected for people in the industry, for everyone really to hear the governor say in his daily press briefing from the State Capitol that we would be doing another pause, as he's calling it, which is this work from home, everyone but essential businesses closed uh, for another two weeks. And uh, he's going to reassess by weekly really. He's going to determine if, in fact, we have to continue this. And he also says there will be a rolling apex across the state, which means that New York City's probably going to hit first since it's the epicenter. We haven't seen the most serious crest of the virus there yet, though it's really frightening. Uh, he did give us some encouragement in terms of it was at one point that hospitalizations for COVID 19 were doubling every two days. Now we're doubling every six days. So that is a slowdown of the hospitalization rate, which is encouraging. And the guy who was patient zero, quote unquote, in New Rochelle, the attorney, you remember him, yep. right? Who- He's out of the hospital, apparently, and he has recovered. So there's some bright spots, but I know that it was definitely difficult news for people to hear that this pause would go on for another two weeks and could certainly, you know, that's going to take us through Easter and Passover. It's going to be hard.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing that the governor mentioned, which I'm kind of glad he did, was, you know, we do feel as New Yorkers that we are being attacked by the rest of the country. You saw Florida has imposed this 14-day quarantine. If you've flown in from New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut, but, you know, you just saw the, uh, the modification of the executive order that uh, Governor Gina Raimondo from Rhode Island put in place, saying that she was going to basically pull over anybody uh, that has New York plates entering her state. Um, so I feel as a New Yorker, it's a little bit of a weird time where, you know, we've been this, uh, welcoming melting pot for the world and now nobody wants to even do anything with us anymore.
1: Well, you know, and it also brings to mind a couple of things that I think are, are important. First of all, the Cuomo love is real. It It is is national and there is a movement afoot for Andrew Cuomo to run for president, which as we know has been something that has been in the back of his mind reportedly, haven't spoken to him in a while about it certainly, but for many years, ever since his father, the infamous Hamlet on the Hudson Mm route, where he had a plane waiting on the tarmac at the Albany airport to fly him to New Hampshire and never got off the ground. Ever since then, there's been speculation that there would be a Cuomo ascendancy. And now here it is. I just don't know that it's actually possible in terms of the mechanics of the Democratic nomination, but you are seeing that drumbeat. Does it surprise you? Look, I what? mean, we know him like no one else knows him, right? The New Yorkers are like, what? You're right,
0: such a right. bully.
1: But, but he's the leader for the moment. Even Maureen Dowd this morning, I thought, wow, Maureen Dowd.
0: Well, I mean, it's you he know, it. as, as you brought it up, his father, you know, basically, I mean, that came in during the end of the, the budget season in '92, where pretty much you have to you basically are you going to get in the plane or not? But it was just too late because at that point, you know, the nomination battle between at that point it was between what Paul Sondges and and Clinton at that point, right? So mm-hmm. at this juncture, I mean, for him, I mean, it's a little bit late to get in, and of course, with the DNC rules in terms of the delegates, I mean, how many can be freed up? But let's say hypothetically. If there was going to be a change for the centrist Democrat, if you were going to see a change from, uh, you know, Joe Biden to to Andrew Cuomo at that point.
1: Yeah, but we are living in unprecedented. We are. You could are you could make all sorts of arguments and not to put too fine a point on it. But Joe Biden is nowhere right now. You are not seeing the man anywhere. And when you are seeing him, it's not so great. No, he's right. Andrew Cuomo. Every day, day in, day out, this presence, he's telling stories about having Sunday dinner with his mom. Right. And, you know, he's everywhere.
0: And you're seeing, I mean, the, the Joe Biden press conferences are kind of third tier at this point. I mean, he's doing them in, inside of his house in Wilmington, oh. Delaware, but beyond that, I mean, you're not really seeing any sort of coverage uh, whatsoever. There's been no real, nobody's been talking about it except for, you know, where is Joe on, on the campaign trail? But of course, as we all are doing, we're hunkering down right now. But, you know, for somebody who's trying to you know, still win the nomination against someone like Bernie Sanders right now and not really having any sort of real platform to, to counteract, you know, the president right now, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, Andrew Cuomo is kind of taking the thunder from from Joe Biden at this point.
1: Well, and you could see, look, these are two guys who are really, you know, I wouldn't say tight. I don't know how how close they are, but they're certainly they've been allied in the past. I mean, when the governor made his huge climate change announcement, you know, back in the day when we were having conversations about that, which, by the way, is the silver lining in all of this, because in China, the air quality is fantastic, right? It's amazing when you stop all commerce.
0: Yeah, similar to northern Italy as well
1: what you managed to accomplish but Joe Biden very well could say you know what maybe I'm not the man of the moment I can't imagine that he would and then cede it all to Andrew Cuomo but anything's possible who would who would have said you know six months ago that we would all be locked in our living rooms and you and I would be talking remotely and I would be looking into my computer and envisioning Joe Mania (laughs) no one no one would ever have said that to me no one I could right. not have imagined it.
0: No, it's it's a wild time for sure. And of course, to that point, I mean, we have now are seeing the presidential primary here in New York moving to now June 28th in the line with state legislative races and local races as well. So, I mean, we're seeing June the impact 23rd, on that side. 23rd, June,
1: 20, June 23rd, right?
0: That Tuesday, yep. Yeah, so my bad.
1: Yes, yeah. that's correct, June 23rd. Well, and, I mean, we could have a conversation about that as well because the question is, can we go to an all-paper ballot, an all-absentee ballot system the elections officials say no not enough time for us to get that sort of thing off the ground would require a legislative action at least as far as the experts <clears throat> my father <laughs> I have spoken to <laughs> at length on this particular topic but he's he's a very he's certainly a scholar of this particular issue and the state constitution it would arguably you could manipulate the language to indicate that the, the, there is a, a real need for people to be able to vote from Paper. I mean, but now we have to have a conversation. I don't think there's there's any real appetite for phone voting or online voting. And there's a concern about hacking, of course. But whether or not we're fully open by June and we're able to send people to public places. I mean, polling places are where? In schools. Right. In nursing homes. We're certainly not going to let nursing homes, which are basically the governor today was talking about how they're basically a dry, uh, dry. What did he? What was his analogy? Did you watch him today? I
0: did. I, I listened to it.
1: He talked about dry grass, right? Like that. Basically.
0: Oh under- yeah. The basically basically putting a, a wildfire. A, that's right.
1: Sort of okay, so you're gonna expose all of those people to voters tramping in and out of their lobbies, like. Probably
0: not. Well, I think you bring up a good point here. I mean, like, talking about election law, I mean, I think in this moment, you're seeing this fast track for a lot of this, you know, realistic legislation taking place in terms of just progression in terms of our laws. As we all know, laws kind of move my, like molasses right now in terms of getting, getting anything done. We're finding it, and well, particularly with the, you know, in terms of ABC laws, that a lot of these prohibitionary mm-hmm. restrictions are being lifted, like, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing that that, that it can be done like every other state. So... Similar for election law, there could be a breakthrough here. So therefore, folks, instead of just like, oh, well, we're going to move over to electronic tablets to do your your voting. Now, maybe we can actually figure out something that, that's more 21st century in this in this environment right now.
1: You know, I want to, I've had, you have a lot of time to think, right? A lot of time on your own, a lot of time to think, a lot of time to ruminate in the middle of the night when you wake up terrified. I don't know if that's happening to you. Not yet. Def- it's definitely happening to me, but I'm I'm wired in that way anyway. But you think about what society is gonna look like after all of this. And in some ways, there's a lot of question marks, not putting aside, what does it mean for public health? What does it mean for the next virus? Are we gonna be ready for the next pandemic? Learning lessons from what we are experiencing now. All of that's certainly true. But if we succeed, for example, with massive, large-scale online learning, Well, then you got to turn around and say to yourself, well, why do we need all this brick and mortar then? Maybe online education is the way to go. Maybe online voting is the way to go. Maybe remote distance exercising is the way to go. I mean, certainly people are craving human experience and interaction, but maybe we're all going to get used to it and it'll be like, we'll be like, we'll, we'll evolutionally evolve. That's not even a word, I don't think. But we'll evolve to be what? Like some kind of weird cyborg culture.
0: Well, it's similar to like the movie Wally where everybody has a screen in front of them, you know, but I, I think people are still going to yearn that human interaction. I mean, we can go on zoom, we can do the other things, FaceTime, whatever, but you still need that human interaction. That's why, like, for example, you know, with this, I've been seeing other reports about how the real estate market will collapse, especially for you know commercial real estate, which is already tough mm-hmm. enough, but mm-hmm. people still need a place to go that's outside their home that where they can still congregate with folks to still do work. And that's, that's at least my my assessment of it.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that that is a good place for you and I to call it quits for today to really underscore what we're hoping to do here. We'll bring other voices into the conversation. This is sort of a dry run for you and I and the technological aspect of this new frontier for CivMix, mixing it up as that's we do, right. but We really want to talk to people. I mean, I don't want to throw people under the bus, but I know there's underground operations taking place. I know people are talking to each other. I know people are giving each other support. I know people are bartering, perhaps even. I mean, whatever it takes to stay alive, that's what we do because that's who we are as New Yorkers, as Americans, as as human beings.
0: We are inherently savvy in that respect.
1: Mm. So until next time, Mr. Benia, I miss you, friend.
0: I miss you too, Liz.
1: Talk soon.
0: Are you ready to rise and shine? Read up on the latest news and happenings taking place in your community each weekday morning on civmix.com. Sign up to receive Rise and Shine in your inbox. Civmix, it's where it's at.